Welcome to the Off The Tips podcast. We're here, a special episode live from Liverpool. We've had two weeks of golf in uh, Ireland and we're ready to rip into the pod. I've, I've missed getting on the pod actually. It's been three weeks I think since I was on and we're, we're without our number seven today. Cal, um, I wouldn't say I'm a natural halfback. I'm more of a running 5'8", but I'll do my best. So bear with us. Hopefully the sound quality is okay. We're running a a tough setup here, but but Monty, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. Good to be here. Excited to be in, in Liverpool. Um, amazing couple of weeks golfing, golfing around Ireland, which we'll delve into at a later date, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, very excited. Spent spent the morning um, rolling around the grounds here at here at Liverpool, and yeah, first impressions are pretty good. Delicate, delicate souls, vulnerable souls. This morning after. Knocking the top off a few last night, but energy's back now, so rearing, rearing to go. Yeah, so Monty, maybe to start, do you just want to tell us about the course a bit? I know there's been a few changes that you've kind of been looking into. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so Royal Liverpool Golf Club, also commonly referred to as Hoylake, um, named um, for the town called Hoylake, about a 30 minute commute by train outside of Liverpool centre. Um, it's known as slightly less lengthy than some other conventional open courses, um, but you know very much lengthy in its own right with respect to the, the pot bunkering. It's got that standard feel about it. Um, it's not regarded as one of the more spectacular open venues, but very worthy in, in its own right. Um, you know, the one quirk with, with Hoylake is you know, the course is, is different for the Open Championship versus the members layout. So the whole routing for what the members play and the whole numbering is, is different to the Open. Only St Andrews, Royal St George's, Presswick and Murrayfield have hosted more um, through the history of, of the Open Championship. This is the 151st, as all the merchandise is reminding us of regularly. <laughs> um, took a big hiatus from 1967 to 2006. Um, but Tiger Woods won this tournament in 2006 and as most will remember Rory McIlroy won in 2014 I think the one interesting thing is sort of in the modern era or professional golf era in 2006 and 2014 the winning score has been 270 and 271 so 18 under and 17 under par respectively um, I think if we look back to, to 2014 um yeah, conditions were relatively soft then for Rory and it sort of appears as though yeah, it's going to play similar this week so I suspect that sort of numbers probably there or thereabouts um, this week maybe maybe slightly slightly worse um, given the changing of the course um, so I think you know Adam Scott um, Ricky Fowler Dustin Johnson were floating around Ricky Fowler most prominently in 2014, Adam Scott also top 10 here in 2006. So he's the man, the only man in the field to top 10 um, in, in the last two hostings of this event. Uh, I think 
you know, there's been a lot of, or a number of course changes from 2014 to now. So the course will certainly play play differently. Um, you know, there are a, a number of changes. I won't go through them all, but you know, the most prominent one, I think, is you know, the 17th hole. It's now hole 17 for the Open. Was was 15 last time. The hole's been reversed and now plays uh, towards the water versus away. Previously, it's a short par three, 135 yard hole, um, hitting hitting a relatively small small target and sort of steep surrounds, evil bunkering around the green that's that's been put in place. So it should provide for a relatively you know grandstand finish. And then the 18th is another hole where there's been. You know, reasonable changes down down the street, so it's now sixty yards longer, roughly than than what it was previously. So add some steel. OB on the right, which is quite intimidating, being on the ground today. Mm. Um, pretty pretty scary tee shot. Um, Wyndham Clark certainly would have got away with a squarely one at the US <laughs> today. Uh, it's nah, OB it... on the right, they've brought it in uh, about, about twenty yards, 30, 20, 30 yards, and. Yeah, scary, scary tee shot on 18. They've got bunkering, two bunkers on the left-hand side. Um, the RNA have specifically asked for the left-hand side of the rough to be growing out too, so it's yeah, pretty difficult hole. And there's a big horseshoe grandstand around the tee as well. So, yeah, that could have some impact, I think, on, you know, depending how the wind's blowing, you know, when you've got that grandstand protecting the elements, it, you know, it's, I think those last two holes with the change that it made it's going to make for a pretty grandstand mm. finish and hopefully we can get pretty close um yeah yeah there's there's plenty of three's another one that's got some scary out of bounds i was i i wouldn't want to be hitting that t-shirt on 18 with the tournament on the line uh, but it was interesting to note that in the last open there's still 26 scores of doubles or worse on 18 so mm. There could be some carnage on that hole, even though it's a par five, and they wanted to kind of stiffen it up. Like there was obviously still some numbers on that hole last time. Yeah, Rory hit on the Saturday hit driver five iron into that par five, which I suspect will be unlikely this week, even despite the mm. the equipment slash ball changes. So I think yeah, having a par five finish is is great. Mm. Like short par three, um, daunting as par five, it's going to be a pretty epic stint down the stretch. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how many people hit driver. Like, I think if you if you've got a lead, you're probably gonna hit like a two iron or something off that tee. Yeah, I actually think um, not. Oh, I don't know, but I, I think there'll be less drivers there than you know if you just looked at the scorecard. Mm. Um, I think there'll be a lot of guys just trying to lay it back. Yeah. Another thing that might be interesting is it looked like if you hit it way left, it was pretty trampled. Yeah. So I wonder if people will just take it down the left side and back their chances of getting a decent line that left rough. Yeah, that's just, probably a good call. But again, like I, we don't know the kind of prevailing wind that that hole will play with either. So hopefully, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to see someone's tournament unravel on 18, really, like with an internal out of bounds. I, I'm not a huge fan, but again, like it's the same for everyone. So. And you mentioned hole three. There's internal OB there as well. It's quite a similar shape hole. And you, know, you can sort of cut the corner and fly it over the OB if you're brave enough, but not many guys took it on last time around. So, but I think probably players probably will take it on a bit more on that 
third hole. Mm. Um, it t- it's inter- just interesting throwaway comment. Tiger only hit one driver all week in 2006 when he won. And he described it as best ball striking week in his career. Um, so, yeah, that definitely won't be the case this week, but it will be interesting to see. There's a number of tee shots out there that, yeah, you can sort of see where that rationale comes mm. from. And, like, again, we're not that experienced at going to these events, but it looked like a hitter's golf course to me. Yeah. And, yes, Tiger and Rory have won there, which is kind of backs that up, but those tee shots did look like they required some serious ball striking. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, like, the course is known for pretty tough bunkering as well. So, you, you know, premium on mm. to that comment, you know. Yeah, so I guess on that, while we're talking about it, was there anything that caught your eye other than the tee shots today? Um, I, I think a few things, just like somewhat away from the golf from a viewing perspective for a fan. I having my first open and first big tournament or first live tournament. Yeah, this is a serious setup, right? There's a lot of room for a fan to roam and you know get good vantage points around the whole property. So, you know, for us here this week, I think it's, that excited me a little bit. You know, mm. like there's, a, there's a lot of room. It's easy to expect extremely well put together. Um, I think on the course, yeah, the, the fairways are quite narrow. And we've just come from Ireland where we got, <laughs> we got destroyed, um, to put it modestly, off the tee and all around really. And I found that quite tight. But even looking mm. at these fairways today, having come from you know, two weeks of non-stop links golf, that surprised me a little bit. Just uh, the fairways are quite narrow. And, you know, look, it might be consistent with what the pros are used to week in, week out. But it's certainly relative to the US and here quite narrow. Right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And also, it just looked like the bunkers were just all really well-placed. And... Yeah. The, the open guys are quite uh, nimble in terms of that. So they, they move them back, move them around to make sure that they're right in the zones and that guys aren't just going to be bombing drivers over it the whole time. Yeah, and you know, to that point on the course changes, there has been a number of bunkers put in place since 2014 as well to help combat that. And yeah, like you said, the RMA. Mm. They look no fun at all. <laughs> Man, they honestly, I've had my fair share of, fairway bunker blunders the last couple of weeks and I was just looking at those and I just thought holy shit you just got to take your medicine and I saw something going around that Brad Faxton talked to some players today and he didn't find one that reached a green from a fairway bunker so they're going to be a proper penalty yeah I mean the other goes without saying but fuck those bunkers are immaculate yeah like in the flesh seeing the the divoted faces or whatever you call it um, is so sexy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> even despite like seeing a bit of an island over here and, and the fit and the fairways are still like, I think the course will play relatively soft, mm. you know, relative to maybe expectations, um, you know, or some people's hopes, but it's still firm underfoot. There's probably another pressure on the ground that I found like, you got the you get the privilege of walking across the fairways, um, and the the ball will be running still. Yeah, I 
Agree. That was the one thing I was surprised at was how green the fairways were because yeah. I saw a drone shot maybe, it might have been a week or two ago, and it looked baked out, but obviously there's been a bit of rain around and yeah, yeah. that's changed things up a bit. But And I think to that point, the rough, you know, it's been relatively dry I think the last month or so here, so the rough has thinned out probably a little bit more than what the RNA might have wanted. In an mm. ideal world, but I think that helps because there was still areas where you don't want to hit it in the rough. Like it was, I wouldn't classify it as heavy, particularly compared to what we've encountered the last couple of weeks. Mm. But it's lush enough that I think, yeah, it will pose some some challenges for the players. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the one, the one, yeah, despite it being firm. Yeah, it's all pin dependent, but there weren't a lot of guys running them up today. Eh? Nah. A lot of guys getting it up in the air. It wasn't very windy out there today, but they clearly they're just practicing strategies for the week ahead. And that's probably another thing that I noticed on course today. A lot of guys hitting it quite high. And the greens were still reasonably firm. Yeah. They one were. thing from the pros that sort of shook me a little bit, no matter where they're coming from, they're always getting some bite on the ball. Mm. Like despite re- being relatively firm underfoot. So I think that's, you know, probably played into a bloke like Rory's hands. You know, conditions look relatively similar, but, you know, guys are hitting it up. Yeah. Should that win stay away for for most of the week? What are yeah. the on the greens? They were pure, obviously. They're always going to be. They looked like they were quick enough for Lynx. They they weren't really undulating, as you no. kind of common with Lynx stuff. Um, a lot of wicked runoffs and I think you'll see a lot of putters out rather than chipping just based on what I saw there was so many people practicing their putts around the greens yeah. rather than getting a wedge out so that'll be one thing to look for and another thing I probably didn't appreciate was how long they take in their practice rounds like putting to four different flags on greens um, that was kind of interesting in itself. There was guys testing out, playing like little bump and run. I think it was Siwoo. He was having, had a little three wood out. Yeah. So it's cool to see just kind of their process. Max at one point was in some pretty in-depth conversations with his coach. It uh, looked like pretty full on. The coach, His coach was videoing him. Um, and just so just seeing that stuff was awesome. Yeah, and yeah, to that point of the... Wasn't that much bants going around between the players, though? Nah. JT was chatting Max on the 8th green a bit today. But like, other than that, I saw very little like proper chirp bants between the players, though. They were, mm. Like, properly locked in. Yeah. So tomorrow, I expect tomorrow will be even more so, right? Mm. They were like really zoned in, like, process, 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 no shortcut at all. Which, you know, I'd expect, but I... I did think it had a slightly more relaxed feel to it versus what it was. Yeah, maybe I'm naive, but I was the same. I thought, you know, they looked very much locked in, game face on, wasn't much chat, like not a lot of smiles. It was proper serious. But I guess at the end of the day, like this is the last major of the year. They have four big ones that they really care about. So it was probably, yeah, naive of me to think that they were going to be out there joking around. Yeah. No, I think uh, didn't get around all the course today, but I think just doing a little bit more work and yeah, having a quick look around today. The strength, the finishing stretch here looks pretty epic. Eh? Yeah, thirteen on, 
like sort of the comments I made on 17, but even before that, you've got a short four in there. Um, And you got another par five, 15, was the 16th previously, um, which will be over 600 yards. They've, They've pushed the tee back even more. So you've got short four, two fives, and three. Mm. Uh, maybe even another three in that stretch as well. Yeah. It's going to be a real, it's going to be a proper, proper finishing stretch for the viewers on TV. Yeah, it will be great. And the front nine's meant to be a bit easier than the back, a bit more gettable. Um, probably less big numbers staring at you in the face. Uh, so that's something to look out for as well. Yeah. No, I think, you know, all, all in, you know, there's nothing that I think from a scoring point of view. Yeah, I sort of felt as though we could have played that course, and yes, it would have been difficult, but it didn't stand out to me as though it was going to be like a scary, scary, scary proposition, right? Mm. Um, It's probably a good segue a little bit into um, who we we like. Yeah. One thing I just also want to touch on before we get onto players is just the sound of the golf ball off their club face is just like I kind of thought you know I've played scratch players and when they hit it out of the guts you like think they can't hit any better than that but the pros like people go on about it but it just had a different sound like I watched um, JT, Ricky and Max Homer hit into the sixth par three and only one of them hit the green to be fair but these things just sounded different to anything I've heard it was pretty cool and pretty surreal to actually be that close and watch them hit. And the ninth um, long par three today. Some of them were getting woods out. Uh, the girl hit that one and he just like, sounded like a rocket. Eh? <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of fun out there. A lot of fun. But yeah, I, won't, I don't think the players will be intimidated by the prospect. But I'd say scoring is probably going to be broadly in line with that. 270, 275. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, somewhere around that 15 number probably with the way they've stiffened the course up a little bit is probably roughly what I think. Um, Should we start with John Rahm? Uh, Our boy. Our boy, our man. Um, Just a backstory. So we played Bally Bunyan probably Wednesday, Wednesday, five or six days ago. And... um, once we arrive for the course, they're like, John Rahm's playing. And we're like, holy shit. And there's probably, what, five groups behind us? Yeah. Um, and there's basically, there's people going ahead, picking up tees. What else were they we're doing? Preparing pitch marks. All that stuff. They had a, it would have been a cohort of 10 plus greenskeepers or staff members at Bally Bunyan going around, yeah, getting rid of snap tees from the tee boxes, repairing pitch marks. They had what what the caddy deemed as the special flags out, the wooden flag sticks versus the normal normal flag sticks because John Rahm was coming mm-hmm. that day. They had rangers out in carts telling the groups ahead to sort of push aside and so he didn't have to wait one second mm-hmm. at all. And we, we had the privilege of um, the big man playing through us on our 10th tee. So we watched him hit his approach into... Into number nine, called called par four, and then he a, a driving iron, and we were literally 
eight foot, eight foot from him, and he, you know, just gave us an acknowledgement. Hey, fellas, how you doing? Type thing. Mm. Got, got a couple of snaps. Yeah. Posing figure in there. Yeah. Oh, he he's so wide. He wasn't as fat as I thought he'd be. <laughs> no, casting wasn't as big as I Nah, but he's just like a big unit. Um, he's and got yeah, a big ass. Yeah. Callum Hill. Callum uh, Hill is. He's got a dumper. Yeah, we um. We're pretty grateful, eh? Like, just to think about the chances of having John Rahm play through you at Valley Bunyan it was just—it yeah, was well, pretty surreal. Like, let alone the opportunity to play Valley Bunyan, like top twenty course in the world, first and foremost, like amazing day. And then, and then for Rahm to be playing that day, and then for him to be in like mm. our tea time in the rough, yeah, rough time with his, it's like. To think what the chances of that being would be, you know, like that's a once in a lifetime, a young for life. Yeah. Maybe, um, yeah, we're we're okay golfers. Like I'm playing off a four, AC is playing off a six, but better than that. Um, and we feel as though we played okay that day. It was like mm. windy conditions, um, no weather around, but windy, um, and. You know, we're both probably one of our better ball striking days. Eh? Yeah, for sure. I think I had 83, what were you? 86 maybe, yeah. Played off the whites of the middle men's tees. And Ram played off the blues, which would have they would have put them properly back. So he would have been playing 500 yards longer than us. Speaking to the young caddy at Valley Bunyan afterwards, said he shot a pass 71, a comfy 66, <laughs> 500, like, and made the comment that it easily could have been a couple more. And we, as I just said, he was 17 shots better than me and 19 better yeah. than or whatever, 500 yards longer, and we felt as though we played okay. Mm. Pretty pretty humbling day out. Yeah, like we always, on this pod, we always bang out about kind of the levels to it and how good a pro is. Like I think there was that thing going around early in the year that John Rahm's like was playing off like a plus 12 handicap or something mm. like that. But yeah, I mean... That that really put into perspective, like just how good these guys are, and also his first look around the place. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the first time he's played there, so that's a, it was first for us as well too. But like that, it's we're not trying to shoot under par, so oh, that's pretty amazing to me. Do we but, want to tell Jan about him, Dusty? Or yeah, might as well. Yeah, okay. We had the privilege of Willie Joe, our caddy, good. A bit of a legend, eh? Old yeah. Dodger, Valley Bunyan local. Been carrying there for quite some time. Um, so last year, Tiger and Rory were on ground, and then separately to that, Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler played Valley Bunyan. It was around the time of the JP McManus Pro-Am, and um, John Rahm was meant to be playing with Scotty Sheff and Sam Burns, but the day before was the Pro-Am at Adair Manor, I think. And Johnny Rahm just had a couple too many beers, I think, with John, with JP McManus out till, I don't know what they say, like 4 a.m. Yeah, about 4 a.m., I think. And they had a very early start. Um, and he no showed at Belly Bunyan because, like, Scotty Sheffer and Sam Burns couldn't get him out of bed because the big man was too dusty. Um, and apparently, Ted Scott, Scotty Sheffer's caddy, was trying to drag him out of bed. Big man wasn't having it, so you know he's one of us in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he's one of us in that respect. Just 
a lot richer and better at golf. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we've we'll move on to just his chances this week. Obviously, he's had a great um, year, especially at the, off to an absolute heater to start the year. Um, hasn't played since the twenty fifth of June. The Travellers, so a pretty big layoff. Um, you, you have to like his chances, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for sure, he's a he's, knows these these types of golf courses pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard to go past. Yeah, him. and he's his third favorite, right? I don't know what he's paying, but like, there's no reason why he's worse off than Scotty or Rory in my mind. Like, yeah, despite uh, like he, he'll be fully dialed. He, Clearly decentish form based off that mm. that belly round. Um, smoked his tee shot today down one. Yeah, it? he absolutely blustered it down one. Um, yeah, yeah I, there's not heaps to say, I guess. But the one thing for me, it's hard to look past that first five in the market. So Rory Scheffler, um, Ram, Cam Smith, and Victor Hovland. Would you agree with that? Yeah, in my mind. Um, you know, you've got you've got guys outside of them like Tommy and Tyrrell, probably the two that really come to mind based off recent form. And Tyrrell's played really well in big events. Brooks is another man. Um, but to be honest, I, you know, if you're looking at probabilities of one of those five winners, you'd probably, you know, in my mind, you'd be over well over fifties. Like I think in my view. Yeah, I was gonna say seventy maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to go past that. Mm. You'd love a Victor win. Or, like, any, like, any one of those I've got no issues with. Yeah. Cam um, Smith, thoughts? I, I'm a, I was big on Cam Smith, and I haven't really changed that, but the one thing that I did think would hinder him a little bit is the course was softer than we expected, yeah. and he's just an absolute gun for hire when it gets firm and fast, and... It doesn't mean that he can't win. It will still roll out, etc. But I think it just takes away from his skills a little bit more. Defending champ. Yes. Any, anything? Uh, won't be playing with his head. Too too relaxed for customer. No. Nah, yeah. Well, I don't think it'll phase him at all. He's obviously if if he did defend, he'd be the sixth person to win two opens in a row, which was actually a bit more than I thought there'd be. Mm. It's pretty impressive. Um, Obviously, most recently was Padraig Harrington and then Tiger Woods. Um, interestingly, Tiger Woods actually went um, St. Andrews and Hoylake uh, two years in a row. So if Cam did that, that would be a bit of an omen. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I don't think we can dwell on it. Those, those five are pretty hard to go past. Mm. You've sort of got those friends, Americans, that you know, maybe a few months ago you'd think about, but Cam Young, Morikawa, JT, Max, Burns. Spieth. Spieth, like, or maybe put, like those names are just listed. Yeah, all supreme players, but they're not trending. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I made the comment, JT was shit today, which was probably a bit aggressive. <laughs> maybe my dust was... Was hindering my cognitive <laughs> cognitive abilities for most of today, but um, yeah, 
It's, I think space slightly a different conversation. Mm. You know, like his, if you run through his track record at the Open, um, supreme. Obviously, he's a champion, but like outside of that, impressive numbers um, and you know a bit more scope to to hit it yonder around here a little bit. Yeah, you like. It, um, and it, it just has, like the rough's not too mm. too thick as discussed. Yeah, and I think the speed as well when the wind kicks up like that would scare you away from most Americans, but not him. He likes to see shots. He doesn't really play target golf. So if the wind does kick up, I think Spieth comes even more into your kind of calculations. John Daly? Yeah. <laughs> we saw John Daly today and just absolutely lost it. I don't even really know why. It was kind of one of those moments as well when you're a bit hungover and everyone's just kind of got that sense of humor about them. But, he was playing with Bryson of all people. Bryson was walking like fifty meters ahead of him, and John Daly was kind of moping behind him. Was probably the way to say it. But he, I he was... took very few photos today, but one of them was of John Daly. <laughs> but he's not that healthy at the moment, eh? Hey? He's got something pretty yeah. terminal, doesn't he? I think he's he's no good. Eh? Yeah, which is he's sh- walking okay. He didn't look like you know nah. sometimes you've seen him, and he's a bit like you said. It was Mopey, but he didn't look immobile. No, you know, he, he looked like you know maybe he's had a couple less beers and, and maybe he's been running up. He didn't wasn't as fat as I thought he was. No, he wasn't as fat. Um, he definitely wasn't in shape. Very but, on brand with his shorts that he was wearing. Yeah, looked like he'd come off the beach almost. Yeah, he wasn't there. Um, yeah, but anything else the you want to add? Yeah, Fox and Hillier didn't actually get around them today. We'll get we'll get on ground early tomorrow. They're they're off ten to eight um, practice rounds. So be keen to follow them mm. quite a bit. They're quite exciting actually. Like Foxy actually hasn't played that much either mm. um, of late. Sort of post the the US and sort of even before that. Um, but you know clearly he's been playing okay. I sort of one part of me is like, are you good or are you not? You know you're. Oh, he might be 36. Like he's older than you think. Yeah. Um, they clearly developed a good record. DP. He won the Dunhill last year. Like he's always done okay at Opens relative to you know, maybe where he was in the world at that time. So it sort of it seems like, you know, this, this could be a week. He was there for a little bit last week and faded like Hillier. Um yeah, but see, it's a big week, you know. Like, are you good or are you not? I think it's about time. Like, he's a great golfer, but like, are you are you properly good or are you just like a forty to sixty ranked golfer in the world that's making good coin? Are you or are you actually something? And it's no criticism, but it's like, yeah, it'd be good to see it. Yeah, like and being here in person, and I think he deserves that. He's good enough to warrant that criticism, right? So, yeah. I think. I'd love to see a top 10 out of him get, and actually get right in the mix. Like, it, I think you said the other day, Monty, that you're bored of the T20s. And, like, I kind of know what you mean. It's just you just want to see him just take that extra step. And, like, if, we, if we're if we cheering him on in the final round, like, that would be fucking awesome. And I'd, I Can hope... rig out for Foxy? Yeah, <laughs> Well, it's, it'd be good to knock the top off a couple of them. Oh, it'd be unreal. But yeah, I 
I think I think you'll have a good week. I do. Yeah, no, I agree. And Dan Hellier, exciting time for young New Zealand golf fans because, you know, like, don't know him from a bar of soap, but, like, comes across as pretty bog-standard New Zealand bloke, eh? like, reasonably humble and clearly trending on... But I think the thing is, not only that win, like, he's he's been good for the last couple of months mm. now. And last week, you know, he's... Um, was there for a little bit. I don't think he's a guy who'll be frightened. He's played at least one open before. Can't remember. Yeah. Twenty one. He did. Um, I don't know if he's played any others. Um, and he's played in Europe for quite a while now as well. Mm. So like, yes, it's a more parklandy golf challenge tour and Euro tour. But it, you know, he's got enough under his belt that you know he's a guy of top thirty, top forty. Like, it's not out of the question. Mm. I think that the thing that excites me about him is he's and you know, somewhat similar to Foxy is he's got a high ceiling. Like you know, tracking him for a while just on the challenge tour and Euro tour more recently, he has rounds, like he has proper low oh, yeah. rounds. Like he'll be out of a tournament and then shoot like sixty three on a Saturday and he's back on. Um and you only have to look at that hot stretch down the Hot stretch down the stretch, excuse me, the other week, mm. um, like nanking it on a heater. And, yeah. and I think that. Other... Like, my cat will be, you know, that's, that's yeah. what you're asking for, but um, he could do more. And I think it was encouraging at the Scottish Open because it's kind of, well, he, he's played in an Open, but it was kind of the first time that he's been in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he played well. He had one bad, he kind of had one bad round. Yeah. Um, and the other thing with him is his whole life he's always won stuff. Yeah. Like I know some of it was just in New Zealand and it's a bit weaker and this is like a different kill of fish. But like I think that says a lot about someone yeah. if they win regularly, that they just kind of have the stones under pressure. And I think it, it applies to anything, no matter like how you go up the grades. Yeah, no, he's a winner. Yeah, anyone else? The only one I thought of was Minwoo Lee. I bang on about him on this pod, but I just think he's he's a proper big-time player. Fifth at the US Open, he played well there. Link, he's got all the shots. If the win comes, he'll he'll start being pretty crafty. Yeah. He's got that stinger to on that he, he like. He seems to just love golf, eh? Like, he loves majors, talking about that stuff. Like, well in the majors, like, steps up for big events. Yeah, like, they had that chart on data golf. Um, this is pretty nuffy stuff, but it was like your your stroke every, your strokes gain in majors versus um, non-majors. And he, he wasn't on there at this time when they did it, but I'd love to see it now. I think he'd be right near the top. Yeah. He'd be right up there with Will Zalatoris. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I, yeah. The only. I don't have anything to add, but it might have got lost in translation. Like Adam Scott has been out, you know, sort of just way wavering in the wind a little bit. Like, don't really know what to make of it at the moment. Like, still swinging it well. Obviously, he's been there or thereabouts occasionally. Mm. As as mentioned, if it got lost in translation, he was top T nine and 06 and he was in the top five. Last time round, so you know, if nothing else, um, you know, good for the good for the state of mind for the for the Aussie. Um, yeah. 
So if you're looking for a you know a top 20 players, top 10 play to round out a multi or something this weekend, like mm. it's, it's probably worse places to look. And I suspect there might be a little bit of value there, given recent form. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's uh, but the funny thing with him is he just he he always seems to have one bad round yeah. these days. Uh, I don't really trust him to win. No, and no, no. and then you probably won't get a good enough price for top 30, 40. Yeah. So I'm going to stay clear of him. The one other guy we haven't mentioned is Ricky. Yes. So he was, you know, if you if you jog your memory bank, 2014, Rory won by two, 17 under. But I can't recall his lead going to the fourth round, but it was bigger than his margin. It was six. Six, eh? Yeah. Um, and he shot even on the last day, right? Rory, yeah, one under, one under, um, and Ricky was tied second along with Sergio, um, who was missing out in his first Open since nineteen ninety seven. Good riddance. Um, <laughs> but Ricky, yeah, he's one guy we haven't mentioned who's mm. got form, obviously now, but also track record at at Hoylake. So he's he's exciting. We followed him for a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah, you can't he looked too much from it, but looked locked in. And... He looked very locked in. Um, he wasn't even really one wounding fan. Didn't got a bit salty that you didn't acknowledge him, but um, I he just looked like he had the game face on. He had the shades on, the prescription shades on in the rain. He's just um, he looked he looked ready to go. And I think yeah, out of obviously Scheffler's the top seed for the Americans, but. I think him and Brooks are number yeah. two. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, he's he's an exciting prospect. Um, I think it's probably the the key names. The Englishman, you know, you'd love to see even Rowe, like the Englishman mm. on home soil. Um, when the last time Englishman won an Open in England, I'm not sure, um, but probably sometime now. Mm, um, mm. So you know, Terrell and, and Tommy, top top of the list in those two. Be cool to see one of them get close. It's hard to see one of those two not finishing in top ten. Eh? Yeah. You just think yeah. one of them's going to get in the mix. If I if I had to choose one of the two, I'd go with Terrell though to win. Yeah, I me don't too. Have Tommy under the gun yet? Nah, we need to see that from Tommy. And not that Haddon's you know a renowned winner either, but. A bit more about him, I think. Mm. The other Englishman who has gone under the radar, mainly because he's been playing poorly, apart from that win um, at the RBC, is Fitz. Um, didn't seem confident at all. He In his press conference, he said he thought a top 30 would be a good finish for him this week. He said he hasn't been playing well, hasn't played well on Lynx courses. He's, tip, he's so honest, Fitz. Yeah. He tells you exactly where he's at, which is Good if you're punting because yeah. you, you just know, okay, I'll stay clear of him. But, you know, it was a bit disheartening because um, it would have been good to see him in the mix. But it sounds like, well, we don't know yet. He might, but it, he didn't sound that confident. Mm. Steer clear. Mm. Is that Bring us? Up, eh? Yeah. Bring um, on the, uh, the next few days, last practice round tomorrow, then into the big leagues. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, Apologies if there's any sound issues. We're kind of it's a real makeshift setup here at our 
Airbnb. Um, so hopefully the sound comes out okay. I'm really hoping it does because it was pretty exciting to do it here live um, in person too. We never get to do the pods in person, so it's been good fun. Just grateful for Cal for allowing the corporate card to come out and, and shouting the voice to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, um, thanks Cal. It's it's good that you slipped that one past the off the tips accountant. <laughs> um, yeah, so just feel free to get in the DMs, um, and also if there's any kind of content you want, maybe one thing that we can get around a bit more is the merch store. There, it's um, it's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, it's enormous. Struck me a little bit. My dusty soul wandering around there could have got lost. Oh, I was so overwhelmed in there. <laughs> it was a massive, <laughs> massive um, establishment. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up there and enjoy your open week. And uh, obviously, New Zealand hours are a bit niggly, but make yourself a cup of tea and park up. Dunk a biscuit in that Milo. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, yeah, All right, so, see you. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too quick for your?